Hi, authors, readers, and book nerds alike. It is your host, Liz, and I am so excited for you to meet my next guest. Douglas Green is the author of The Teachings of Sherelle, Life Lessons from a Divine Knucklehead, a serial comic look at the wisdom, psychological, philosophical, and spiritual. He learned from his ridiculous dog and runs the popular website, AskSherelle.com which offers advice based on the lessons in this book. His latest book, the novel, A Dog of Many Names, was published by Circuit Breaker Books last year. He is also a licensed psychotherapist in Los Angeles, where he specializes in work with children and teenagers. He is a frequent lecturer at psychotherapy groups and schools, as well as a speaker and performer at theaters and other organizations and has worked for years as a director and writer of theater and films. I can't wait for you to meet him, so let's jump into the episode right after this quick ad. Shout out to this episode's sponsor, Zencaster, my number one podcast tool. They provide a crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video. I love that I can record separate audio and video tracks for me and my guest. Plus, there is a secure cloud backup, so I never lose the interview. It is easy to use and there is nothing to download. My guest just clicks the link and we start recording. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and enter the promo code EREADSPOD to get 30% off on your first three months off of the pro pricing. Again, that's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com forward slash pricing and enter the promo code EREADSPOD and you'll get 30% off your first three months. Now let's jump right into the episode. All right, welcome, Doug. I am very excited to have you and your furry friends here today. <laughs> Thank you. It's just one furry friend in person. But... <laughs> <laughs> that is so. I like. I as soon as I saw your Instagram page full of like books and dogs, I was like, I had to talk to you. So again, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. I, I think we're gonna enjoy each other. Absolutely. And before I like ask you a million dog questions and author questions, please let the, the audience know who you are and, you know, what you write about. Well, I am, my name's Doug Green or Douglas Green is my official author name. I, for my job, I'm a psychotherapist. I live in Los Angeles, uh, specialized in working with kids and teens. But I also am a lifelong lover of dogs and not on purpose, but it's turned out that I've written two books that have gotten published and both have been, they're very different books, but they both center on dogs. So my, my one promise to my publisher is whatever the next book is, it's not going to be about a dog. It's, I don't, I, <laughs> Aw, no. Will there will there be more dog books down the line? Oh, I, you know, I don't know the future. I can't speak, <laughs> but it's, 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 it's a question of inspiration. 
Mm, I love that. Which brings me to my reader author question, Mm -hmm. which is what is, so where I am over on the East coast, it is a windy day. And I was like, oh, this is a great day to kind of like read a book. But it got me thinking like, what is the perfect writing weather for you? So like, what, like, what is like the perfect, you know, weather that makes you want to write? Well, if I'm indoors, it really doesn't make any difference. Uh, I, I guess, yeah, you know, rainy or snowy day. I live in Los Angeles, so we don't have snowy days yet. <laughs> Who knows what's happening with the climate? We make it right. this winter, but uh, that will help. But I love writing outdoors. Mm. And so a pleasant, which for me is a slightly brisk day, probably what you're experiencing right now, uh, that. I could sit outside and write for hours and hours and really joyously. What Mm. I find affects my writing more than weather is music. I I love music. I have it in me all for all my life. And I love having music on, but I have a problem that if I'm hearing music that has words that I understand, it can mess with me. It, it, can right. me. it can be good, but very often it messes with me. And so what I've found is my go-to favorite thing to write with is opera that isn't in English. And I don't speak Italian or French or German. So playing these things, it's so dramatic and it's got so much emotion and so much soul and passion right. and all that. That's instilling going into me. And I don't know what they're saying. So it's just a wonderful mix that I really love doing. Um, oh, that, that feels so inspiring, right? Like, especially when you think about like, just sensory wise, right? Thinking about um, how that all plays into like just the psyche and all of that. And I'm sure you know that as like a, a, a psychotherapist. And so um, I love that. And like, kind of like makes me feel inspired as well. Just thinking about creating that perfect writing environment. So thank you for that. Oh, great. Well, I can give you lots of suggestions if you want to try it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but the question I am burning to ask is one, what are your pets names and how did this journey of writing about them get started? Well, I've had a number in my life at the moment. I have just this one whose name is Aria, which falls into the opera love. Uh, Her name, when I got her, she was a rescue, was Ivy. And she was being taken care of by a couple who always have a number of rescue dogs. And so they just have a, a bunch of names and they had put this one on her for no particular reason. And I have nothing against the name Ivy, but my last name's Green, and I consider the dog a member of my family. I thought, I don't want to name you Ivy Green. That just sounds like a joke here. (laughs) So I was struggling, and this will definitely come into the conversation more later, as as a rescue. She had had a very, very rough life before, before these people. These guys are wonderful, but she'd had a very rough life, and uh no question, been beaten, had been abandoned, all this mm. stuff. And so she was scared and kind of sad, but she was very, very sweet. And she is a German Shepherd mix. She just looks like a small version of a German Shepherd. And she also has 
just this physical quality of warmth. If she licks you, her tongue is literally warmer than most dogs' <laughs> tongues. They're normally kind of cool, and hers is quite warm. And at some point I thought, well, you're kind of brown and sweet and warm. I'm going to call you syrup. That's a perfect name for you. <laughs> and then I realized, like, no, because she was so sad and scared and downtrodden. It's like syrup as a word, the sound of it goes down. Mm. Like, that's not it. No, you need a different kind of name. You need something to raise you up, something with passion, with with thing like like a, a, a song, a bright melody, an aria. And she goes, Whoa. and I said, aria? And she went, okay, done. And this was right, this was five years ago, right when Game of Thrones was at its popular peak. And I don't know if you watched it, but <laughs> there was a major carriage on it named Arya, spelled differently though. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I don't know that I really want, uh, I don't want to name it after that character, but I'm spelling it differently. And the character is somebody you first meet as a young girl who goes through absolute hell, right? but <laughs> yes. keeps her passion, keeps her energy, keeps her strength and her, her actual kindness. And I thought, if people want to associate that with you, that's fine by me. And of course, a month later, I meet a neighbor of mine uh, for the first time who has her dog named Aria. And I think, oh my God, this is going to sound like a pickup line when I say my dog's named Aria too. <laughs> but hers was named after the character. And so it was spelled differently. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I so love that. That is such a wonderful story. Um, especially the part about syrup. I've never heard of a dog named Syrup. Um, I got to keep that on the back for <laughs> my next pet. Yeah. If, if it's too hyper, maybe you could name it that to <laughs> Yes, like, calm absolutely. <laughs> I I love that. I love that. Um, and I love that you know her, her being like a rescue and thinking about again your your work in the healing profession and you know yes. all of that. And how did the book get started? Well, like, what made you say like you know I'm going to write a book? Well, literally from that, I I had written this book before, which I happen to have right here. I'm happy to pick. Yay! <laughs> this was about a dog that I had before who was the very opposite energy. She was passionate. And how do you pronounce that name? I'm sorry? How do you pronounce that name? Jarell. Uh, you may be too Jarell. young, but it was the name the of a Jarell in the early 60s. And um, it was a kind of a similar thing of naming. It, it's just, I, I was, when she was a puppy, don't go. Don't go. <laughs> uh, when she was a puppy, I was trying to think of what to name her. And at one point I was thinking how soft she was. And I thought, well, she's soft like chiffon. And I thought, chiffon, <laughs> that's cool. And it doesn't really suit her, but maybe think of the chiffons who are a, a wonderful singing group at the same time. And I thought, you know, that whole feel, they called it the girl group sound. That suits her personality. And what about another name? And I went through this whole list in my head of, you know, Marvelette, Crystal, Vandella, Supreme, <laughs> all these things. No, no, no. And I thought, Sherelle. Sherelle, that's not bad. And I went and looked it up in a rock and roll history book. And it explained that 
the word actually means nothing. There was a <laughs> popular group at the time called the Chantels, and their lead singer was, and, and this group's name, sorry, lead singer's name was Shirley. And so we could put those together and it would sound, make the word Shirelles. And I thought, that's perfect. You know, that's just that is perfect. It has no meaning except songs and passion, <laughs> humor and all this. And years later, after, after she had died, a friend called me up and said, you know, I've just been looking online at this uh, website that tells what the number one song was on every day in history. Do you know what the number one song was the day you were born? No idea. And she said, be sitting down. I look it up and it's, will you still love me tomorrow by the Shirelles? I'm like, oh, I cannot. God, oh, that is so perfect. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's like, yes, I'll love you forever. <laughs> I mean, that is so perfect. And I'm curious, like you have like this art of naming and ah. does that come into like books? Like, any tips for like, if folks are like trying to find like the best book title, like any tips for like how to, to name or come up with the title? Well, sure. Call it Of Mice and Men or The Grapes of Wrath. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey does well. I'll say. <laughs> um, no, I have no idea at all. Uh, in fact, my other book, that the one we're mainly talking about, um, I had originally come up with a title, which I really liked, which was Of Many Names. And the publishers, in their wisdom, and I really, I'm not, there's no sarcasm in that, I think they were smart, said that it's a lovely sounding title and it doesn't tell anybody what it's about. What about A Dog of Many Names? Which isn't as poetic, but it does tell the audience what the book is about. <laughs> so... Going with your, your question, I had Aria for a year. And as I said, she taught me bit by bit some, her fears and, and mm. her quirks. She has a lot of quirks. <laughs> and, and I spent a lot of this year trying to figure out what the hell had happened to this dog. And yeah. why was she not afraid of some things that one should be afraid of like skunks <laughs> and you're going to imagine the story behind that one oh yeah um, but very afraid of some of the nicest people i've ever known and mm. uh afraid of little dogs little tiny dogs like she could eat them like what's why do they bother you so much and after about a year i'd spent so much time and as you say it's a, a therapist's mind, try, you know, figure out your trauma, understand it. Then I suddenly realized, Doug, you've written your second book. You just need to put it on mm. the paper. You've come up with this complete story of what's happened to her. Now, did I invent it completely or did she tell me while I was sleeping? I'm not going to say. I can't tell you. I don't know these <laughs> things. <laughs> but but uh, I'll, I'll bring it up. Here, uh, that yeah. book. And a dog of many names. Yes. And that's her on the corner. And, and that is her. It's There was a photograph of her that it was taken from, but the, the whole background and all that was created. And I will brag and say this is 
painted by a, a she was probably 18 at the time, uh, daughter of friends of mine. I've known her since the day she was born. I'm so proud of her as an artist and was so happy to call her and say, I want you to do the book cover. And it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It I is gorgeous. on my wall. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, it's, I'd say an adventure story. It ends before I met her, before even the mm. couple that I got her from met her, um, based on the very few things I knew about her and then the things I figured from dealing with her. But my description of it is kind of if, if John Steinbeck had tried to write a Jack London story, it would, that's, that, that's what I aimed for anyway. I'm not quite saying I'm that level, but uh, she she hasn't proven anything I wrote wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to argue I was right. <laughs> I love that. And would you consider this fiction, nonfiction for you know listeners kind of wondering? Yeah, I call it I call it a fictional biography. Uh, it is certainly mm. based on the the very little bit I knew, but. Uh, you know, you hear things about historical fiction where somebody writes yeah. a completely made up book about Napoleon or whatever. There's that. And then I'm, but I knew a lot less, <laughs> but it's as far as I know, true. I love that. I love that. Um, even about like the, the beautiful cover. Um, I only know one other person that had their cover painted, um, and Gozai Robinson, who is um, a, a great supporter of the podcast, and she also had her cover painted. And it has such a different look and feel than um, a digital or some of these um, AI covers. Yes. I mean, it's just so, um, it's like art. It's like you're holding art, which really amplifies um, the words uh, on the pages. It, it so uh, very no, well done. I'm certainly not the original originator of the term you can't judge a book by its cover but to <laughs> me it looks like a book and I want to yeah. say as opposed to something where you say oh that looks like a picture in a magazine no no this is and I I'm guessing yeah. with, with hers it would be um and, and I'll say particularly this was written it could be read by adults but it's written to be able to be read by let's say eighth ninth graders uh, oh, aiming nice. for that audience. And I think about, well, the books that I read at that age, the books that I liked of that had this kind of feel to it. And you might lie in your bed and stare at that cover for a long time. And that's, again, part of the beauty of books for me. Uh, nothing wrong if somebody wants to read it on Kindle, or there's a wonderful audio version uh, read beautifully by a, a, a friend of mine who's a professional voiceover artist and uh just it's splendid I, I won't knock that at all go ahead and get it but if you get the hard copy you get to stare at that cover for a long time <laughs> absolutely absolutely and doug are you indie published traditional published um what has that journey been uh, like with the first book i struggled and struggled and and i should say it's not a novel it, the first book is a sort of memoir you could say but a book about what i learned from that dog it's a serious mm. psychological philosophical spiritual 
while it's also telling the story of a goofy dog, uh, book, <laughs> I don't know what word I end that sentence with, <laughs> treaties, I'll say. And uh, with that one, I struggled to get an agent, struggled to get published, and I would get these things said to me like, well, I have a publisher who does dog books, but the dog has to be alive so it can go on talk shows. And, and wow, what? And I said, well, well, Marley had died. And they said, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. They don't care. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Let well, me find Preston and write a book about the Preston. <laughs> you know, 10 years ago, whatever. But, but it's like I just couldn't have any luck. And so eventually I self-published that one. Mm-hmm. But with the next book, I, my wonderful publicist from the first one connected me to another company because her company didn't do things like novels for teenagers, young adults. And they connected me to a company that had editors and publicists and all this wonderful stuff. And they got their own publishing company. They developed their own publishing company Mm. kind of in the middle of the pandemic, I guess. And called me and said, you're one of the books we've been dealing with that we would consider doing this with. Would you want us to do it? Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. I'd love to save a year of struggling and banging on doors. But I had a little thing in my brain that said, wait a minute, let's make a deal here. And I said, I would love you to do it if you'd also be willing to publish a second edition of the teachings of Sherelle, because once a book is published, then it can go places that self-published books can't go. And they said, Mm -hmm. sure, let's look at it. And they looked at it and they had a very few changes they wanted to make. And I said, no problem. Boom. So we haven't gotten to it yet. It was supposed to come out last year and it's been, it's all on me things have happened in my life that have kept me from getting it to them to get it done. But we will, I would say there's no question it'll be out next year and there will be an audio book. And this one I have to narrate because it's too personal. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And, and, and I love that about your journey because I think, you know, for folks that are writing in, they want to be published, right? Like not giving up on that dream just because you have one or many books that are, you know, self-published, mm-hmm. but, you know, keep, to keep at it, to keep kind of knocking on those doors. And, and so I love that. And it's an inspiration to like, never think a door is it, closed. It, I would say the whole thing with writing is you're going to keep knocking all the time, no matter what, if you yeah. think you're done with the journey, then you're not a writer. Keep, keep writing because yeah. being done with one book just means, well, what's next? Um, I, <laughs> A few years ago, a friend of mine said this thing to me that a publisher, I guess, had said to her that the you your books won't start to sell until you've got six books done because the algorithms and the way publishers look at things and all right. this. So she said, you know, get working on a series. And mm-hmm. uh, sadly, I'm a little slow for that. The, 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 the day job gets in the way. <laughs> but... <laughs> been a little busy yeah, but, but <laughs> yeah. i'm working at it and um yeah but i i will throw the, the uh the plug in here the this company i worked with their the company is called mindbuck m-i-n-d-b-u-c-k 
and the their publishing company is called Circuit Breaker, and I have been ecstatic with them. I have no complaints at all. I would recommend anybody that. try them. Maybe maybe it works out for you. Maybe it doesn't, but certainly worth a try. I love that. I love that. And I haven't nearly asked you all of the millions of questions that I wanted to ask you, but um, I would like to give you an opportunity to read, you know, a portion of, sure. of your story. I'm very happy to. Um, I was, you, you told me uh, about how much you wanted and I thought, oh my gosh, what, what part do I read for that? And then I thought, well, duh, read the beginning. <laughs> so this is the introduction to the book and then you would know when you start chapter one that this is taking place much later in the story so nice okay she crouches still her black and tan fur so camouflaged in the woods dried leaves and dirt that you don't see her at first but once you do her eyes grab your attention rounder than usual accentuated by her coloring like sad clown mascara, making even a happy face melancholy. But happiness for her is only a distant memory. She crouches, still, in fright, dwarfed by the trees and bushes. From her size, you would think she was young, maybe six months. But the eyes show her age and wear, more pain-drenched wisdom than her two years should know. She crouches, still, her once silky coat, now dusty, mottled and torn in countless places, her brain steering all its focus on one thought. Don't trust. Don't hope. Don't let it happen again. She crouches, still, barely daring to breathe. Oh Which sounds gosh. more depressing than the book is. But, <laughs> but it's... Your descriptions are so captivating like just from the first line about the black and tan and then like um, the sad clown face the 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 Thank imagery you. just draws you in and you it's just you know sometimes you know it takes a minute to warm up to a book but like so many descriptive words and like you just had this image of where she was and Thanks it's very, very much. well done so it's totally a cheat and let me tell you why because i'm going to show you the real thing and you'll say I could have written Please. that. Look at her face. So come here, sweetie. There's Hi. the face. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> definitely camera shy. She looks away anytime. Oh, she certainly does. Hello. A complete dog mom over here. Look at that beautiful face and those ears. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And the ears are way too big for her head. And I <laughs> all the time for that. <laughs> I but, love it. But this is the sweetest thing in pause. I will say it's just. <laughs> I love that. The sweetest thing in pause. Yeah, that's been my name for her for a while. <laughs> I love that. I love well, you that. See, you see why I'd call her syrup? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doug, please tell the listeners, and so listeners, you're, if you're listening to this just on like Apple Podcast or your podcast listening, you're missing oh, out on the- So listen, I oh. believe on Spotify, you'll be able to see the video. So you'll have to go over to Spotify Podcast to be able to see the video of this pretty, pretty girl. <laughs> well, by Doug, the book, you can get her picture. <laughs> 
Oh, or the book. That's where you got to go. So, Doug, tell us, where can folks buy the book? Well, of course, the, the usual places. There, there's, a, there's a website named after a river that I believe, if you look at it, I'm a big fan, though, of for books, for, I don't think they have the audio book, but for hard copies of books, there's a website called Bookshop that is a... Again, you buy it online, but they give part of the money to a local bookstore of your choice. And oh. bookstores were already having a terrible time before the pandemic. And I think, you know, as we know, it's it's been deadly yeah. for them. Uh, so I'm a big fan of doing that. Uh, otherwise, though, there are other places you could look. Uh, ask your local bookstore. It's there. That please do have them order it. Uh, Can you send the link for that bookshop link, um, and I'll make sure I put that in the episode bio. Sure, that'd be great. That'd be great. Awesome. Um, and then uh, the audio book, I know you can get again on that other site. <laughs> but if you go to Circuit Breaker Books, it would give you other links and ways to get it. But again, I'd, I'd really push people, uh, please go to your local bookstore. They need you. Yeah. They need you. Unless, again, unless you want the audio version. Uh, they. But then you miss out on that beautiful cover. <laughs> well, it would be on your phone. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I'm definitely going to order a hard copy for um, my younger brother. He's in that perfect, you know, eight to ninth grade. And I think that he would love it. Oh, good chance. Good chance. Yeah. And is he a dog lover? Of course. Listen, of course. that's where my, my Preston, my fat Corgi, he's over um, at my mom's house. He's at school right now, but like he, he's over there and he'll be there when he gets out of school. Oh, yeah. Right. So he'll probably be picturing Preston in the book and he'll be like, no, you can't do that to Preston. No, no. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the times when she, when she really, you know, turns and is powerful. It's like, yeah, Preston, go, go. <laughs> To picture it with a, with a fat corgi just sounds fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. Doug, this has been fantastic. Please do not be a stranger to Coffee and Convos and stop by the next time you have anything you want to promote. Liz, I, I, I will tell you what I'd love to do. Uh, would you be up for when Teachings of Sherelle gets its second edition published? Of course. Okay. Not even a question. Absolutely. Just let me know. Oh my gosh. I will. I will. Thank you so very much. This has been so fun. And uh, yeah, yeah. Let's I have one last question for you. You ready? This is a big one. Okay. So I always like to end my episodes with a prompt that people can use to be creative, right? So e-reads is all about, you know, having creativity show up in your everyday life. So whether you're a baker, a gardener, barber, whatever. And so my question to you is, if you had to give us a prompt, it could be one word, it could be a phrase. What prompt would you give us to write on or create on, I should say? Well, I'm too verbose for that. What I will say is, as a therapist, when we are children, we are inspired all the time. And we get in trouble for it. We're inspired to, you know, pull somebody's hair or, or draw on the walls or whatever. But we're constantly inspired. And... We lose a lot of that as we get older. Yeah. We have to be. We have to be responsible and focused and all that stuff. But my phrase would be, let yourself be inspired. 
Wow. Don't, don't force it. it it's, you, you can't force it. If, if you force it, you're fake and you're, whatever you create will be fake. But if you're a gardener and you're planting something and suddenly you're supposed to plant another daffodil here, but instead you say, you know what, a violet would look amazing. That's the creativity. It's right there. It's in you. It's God-given. It's, it's pure. It's right there. Let it happen. Um, don't let it happen while you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> don't let it happen while you're performing surgery. You know, but, but when you are in something where it's okay, let it happen. And the more you do, the easier it'll be for it to happen more. And that, that would be my big prompt, which is so much more than a one word you asked for. That is so amazing. Um, and I'm going to take that. And so listeners, stay tuned to the end of this episode and you will see what I do with that call to action. That's like more of a prompt. That's a call to action. So stay tuned at the end and you'll see what I come up with. And so thank you so much for that, Doug. Wow. Okay. You got it. You got it. Liz, this is such a delight. Thank you. You are very welcome and you have a great rest of your day and give Aria lots of hugs for us. Oh, tummy kisses. She has lots and lots of tummy oh, kisses. Oh, I love that. Okay. Thank you and Bye. good luck with the winds. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The cold fills my bones until I begin to clatter from the inside out. My breath visible under the moonless night sky. The flash of blue and red lights cast a glow on the lifeless corpse. There is the sound of crime scene texts and reporters clamoring for more information and shots of her remains. All of this fades into the background as I assess the scene. Blood has dried and the body is stiff. Our killer has moved from this victim and most likely hunts the next. If I'm to catch this monster, I must be wiser than I was the last time, or else I will go from hunter to prey. <laughs>